I was sexually abused. I was raped. I started using drugs at the age of 15. I was molested as a child. I was an alcoholic. I tried meth for the first time at 12. I was a compulsive alcoholic. Um, I lost my kidney smoking crack. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Her Addiction Podcast. This is Pastor Rachel Young. I hope everyone has been having an awesome day today. I would love to share this awesome testimony with y'all. This past weekend, our pastors decided to do our PM church service out on the lakefront. And that's a really special place to them because in 1973, when they were 16 and 21 years old and getting ready to go off to a Hare Krishna camp, after seeing Jesus Christ Superstar, they headed to the New Orleans lakefront to smoke pot and ran into some Jesus freaks at the Mardi Gras fountain. They came up to them and witnessed to them the gospel of Jesus Christ and it had an effect on them. They got saved. They ended up in a um, God's Army, which was like a Jesus commune in the 70s in California. They stayed there for four years and then moved down to Metairie to start their church, which is Victory Church, the church that I go to and have been going to for the past 10 years. If any of you have heard my story, I came to this church 10 years ago through our women's program called Mary Song, which is where I actually work now. I'm the director, but I came through 10 years ago after a 25-year battle with mental illness and drug addiction. And I, too, have a um, significant event that happened to me in that very same space on the lakefront of New Orleans in February of 1998. So when we went there to worship this week, I was just reminded of just the the providence of God in my life, how awesome he is that 23 years ago in that same spot where they got, they got saved, my pastors got saved in 1973, I tried to end my life. And 1998, flashback to 1998, I'm 24 years old. I am in full-on um, addiction, totally out of my mind into all kind of antichrist, witchcraft, um, totally hating Christians, thinking they're like the worst people on the earth, living that whole life down in the French Quarter, totally depressed, completely angry, full of contempt towards God, but actually at the same time professing that I don't even believe in God, um, performing uh, shows that make a mockery of Christianity and just all these different sacrilegious rites and things like that. And I totally... Um, One night, had a complete, total psychotic break, find myself on the lakefront at 3 o'clock in the morning, by myself with a 9 millimeter, put it to my chest and pulled the trigger and hit the ground and felt the best that I ever felt in my life. Um, Totally separated from God, totally ready to die, not thinking about hell, not thinking about God, not thinking that that I made it a bad choice or anything like that. And um, God gave me a vision of my sister, who was my best friend, looking at my face, my dead face in my coffin, weeping her eyes out, looking at me, saying, how could you do this to me? I was just crying. I remember getting sucked back into my body, seeing an arm reach down, 
out of the sky. It was glowing. I grabbed it. I got up. I didn't even think of it to be God. I thought it was my mom. The thought came and went. I got up an hour and 45 minutes later. An ambulance found me, which was also a complete and total miracle because it was prior to cell phones. It was storming and thundering and lightning outside. So it was just the grace of God that I was found by those um, EMTs. They brought me to Charity Hospital. I almost died. I hit my lung, my spleen, my colon, and my diaphragm in two places. They could not believe that I didn't aspirate. I should have. Medically speaking, aspirated on my own blood because my lungs should have filled up with blood and I should have choked to death. And then because I hit my diaphragm, my lungs shouldn't have even been expanding and contracting. But it was as if one lung just shut down and the other one just kept working completely fine. So we're out on the lakefront worshiping the Lord. And we were singing that song. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. And I just was, I had that flashback of me just being on that ground with my bleeding out, should have died, you know. And the Lord literally breathing in my face, in my lungs, keeping me alive. Even though I actually had no idea that God had anything to do with saving me that day. He did, and um, I actually went, I got in the system for 10 months and was working NA and AA and on psych meds and doing that whole thing, and I finally just got tired of it and just fell back off the rails. actually jumped, I didn't fall, I jumped off the rails and and, and um, entered into a whole nother level of addiction for 13 years, so I found myself addicted to heroin and meth, shooting up anything I could put in that needle until I got arrested. And the crazy thing is, is that, so I end up getting arrested. I go to jail and these girls in jail asked me if I want to go to church. Right. And because I did literally didn't have anything else to do, I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go to church because prior to that, I didn't want to go to church. You know, I grew up going to church and, you know, unfortunately my dad had mental illness and addiction and was going to church and it was all messed up, and I just was like, I don't want any part of that. I don't want more rules that I can't even keep the rules I'm supposed to keep just being a normal person. I was like, no thanks. So I avoided church, but, you know, the Lord hedged me in. I go to church. I hear about Mary's song. I end up coming. And the crazy thing is, when I got here, even though I've been living that total crazy um life far from God I felt at home I didn't know why I didn't understand why I felt at home um I understand why now but I didn't understand then but I felt safe I felt loved I felt at home even though I had a ton of stuff that I had to work through a ton 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 of stuff I had a lot of issues um the addiction was the least of my problems it was all the dysfunctional um thought processes I had and beliefs and ways of coping and no communication skills, no emotional skills, just a complete and total mess, just like a child stuck in a 38-year-old woman's body, angry at God, guilty of my past, shamed, full of shame and all those things. But the one of the crazy things is this is all, I'm telling you all this because it's about providence. It's about every step being ordained by God and him knowing me before I was born and seeing my beginning to my end and having it all worked out, even though 
I was trying to mess it up with all my strength. He came through. It's just miraculous. So back to my story, when I, um, I found out after being, after going through Mary's song and graduating and I continued to work, I, I never left. I worked, I became an intern and staff and now I'm the director, but in my whole, in my journey about four years in, I was at a Thanksgiving dinner with my siblings and my sister who we have the same mother, different fathers. She was telling me stories because I don't know a lot of the, about the past because I got taken away from my mom at four and, and my mom died, was, was gone at the age of 10. So I don't really know a lot about my childhood except the stories of my older siblings. And my sister actually said, was talking about how when my mom, when our mom was with my dad, how she was Catholic and then my dad turned her Baptist. And then she said that um, she was Pentecostal for a while. And I was totally thrown off by that because I never knew that. And long story short, my mother, right before she died, ended up at my current pastor's church in the late 70s when she hadn't seen me for a few years. And we all know that she hadn't seen me in a few years. She was praying for me because my dad would not let me see her. So she was at the same church of my current day pastors praying for me in a couple years she was gone, right? And the the Lord says that the fervent heartfelt prayers of a righteous woman release tremendous power. Well, of course, I was 10 when my mom died. And from the the age of 10 to 38, my life was bad. It got progressively worse. And it didn't look like God was anywhere in the midst of that and that I had a chance of anything good and that the likelihood of me overdosing and dying or killing myself or something else tragic and horrific was like at the top of the scale, you know, but that's not what happened. It's far from it. Despite my intense efforts to destroy myself from simply just self-hatred and just hatred of life and just utter depression and just hating everything, God had his way in me and he brought me right back to the same church different building but same pastors and same church as my dying mother went to before she died to pray for me and I'm like God you are amazing and then my my pastors in 1973 the same year that I was actually born got saved at the very place that I tried to end my life And when I was born again, the Lord brought me to this church. It's just, you can't even make that up. You can't make that up. It was all orchestrated from the very beginning. He knew. He knew and he was with me every step of the way. And he's with you. And he sees you and he knows the plan that he has for you. It says, I have plans for you, plans for good and not for evil, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for hope and a future. And that's real. That's really who God is. I mean, he's a big God. He created life. He created the vastness of outer space and everything that we know and see. And he created you. And he knows every hair on your head. He knows the sound of your heartbeat. He knows those silent thoughts that you have in the middle of the night or in the deep, dark places, those fears, those secret sins. He knows and sees all of it. And no matter how dark it is, and no matter how depraved and how forlorn or how forsaken you may feel like it's too late for you, it's not. We're talking about God here. We're talking about 
the creator. He's so amazing. He's so big and profound and powerful and majestic and holy. But at the same time, so intimate and actively involved. And he's pursuing you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I ran from him. I hated him. I despised God. I was cursing God. And he had his way. There's, there's no other explanation. I wasn't even trying to have this kind of life until he graced me to have some small desire for something different. He let me just blow myself up and come to the end of myself where I finally realized I really need help. You know, and instead of me giving up, he gave me the grace to continue to to fight or surrender, however you want, you want to look at it. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that made us. This is the God that calls us and chose us, and he's our father. And he wants you to know that it's not too late. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that your latter years, the, your later years will be better than your former if you turn to him and you commit yourself to him. It's really simple. You just say, Jesus, I need you. I'm tired of my life. I'm tired of being depressed. Please come and save me. Please come and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Cleanse me. Make me new. I give myself to you. I love you, Lord. Help me. I have doubt. Help me. Help me, Jesus. I need you. Help me. I'm telling you. That's all you got to say. Go somewhere. Ask God to show himself to you to help you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He was chasing me down when I wasn't even trying to be found by him. Oh, my gosh. I should be dead and in hell right now. Dead and in hell. My injuries that I that I self-inflicted injuries should have taken taken me out and I should have been pronounced guilty and I wasn't. I was saved and declared righteous and forgiven. And you can have that. It's just an just just literally about making a decision to accept what God has provided for you to be free. The death of his son that paid the debt for every sin that you've ever committed and opens up a relationship between you and your father in heaven to overcome and be a light in a dark world and to have hope beauty for ashes a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness this is real this is what christianity is about walking with our god fellowshipping that very thing we lost in the garden like I'm so happy, <laughs> like I'm so joyful. It's our inheritance. It's the joy of the Lord is our strength. We push, we press, we come together. We, we, we're we healed, we're restored, we're made whole. We become a sign and a wonder. It's hope for the hopeless. I want to read this blog to you. It's really good. It's by my pastor, Paris Bailey. Psalm seventy-seven, nineteen. God plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. I love that. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Let me divert back to something. You know, when I pulled that trigger and hit the ground, I had an initial pain from the impact. And then I literally felt the best I'd ever felt in my life. I felt like I was suspended in outer space, darkness, complete silence, weightlessness, and this overwhelming peace. Now, logically speaking... That really doesn't make sense considering I was bleeding out, I was dying, and I was about to go to hell. Right? 
Nevertheless, that's how I felt. And after I got saved and came to know the Lord, a couple years ago on the anniversary of uh, February um, 2nd, the day I shot myself, it's probably to the 21st, 20th or 21st anniversary. I remember laying in my bed and I said, Lord, why did I feel so peaceful when I was in such a bad state? And I always thought it was either I was in shock and my body was just producing endorphins or two, that I was under some divisive, uh, deceptive scheme of the enemy that just had me in this whole uh, deception so that he could take my soul to hell. And Jesus told me, you felt peace because the Prince of Peace was there. I was there, even though you didn't know. I was there, and that's why you felt peace. Your body was responding to being in the presence of the Prince of Peace. And it was me that picked you up off that ground. I had known that it was him that picked me up, but I was like, oh, my gosh, of course that's why. Because the the devil's not more powerful than Jesus, and I belong to him before the foundations of the earth. He just moved him out the way and scooped me up, and he's never let me go. And I love that Psalm seventy seven nineteen. It reminds me of that because in my mind's eye, when he told me that I could just see him walking on that lake, that those stormy waves through that storm and rain to my rescue. How beautiful is that? God plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Wow. This is some lyrics from, this is the blog, and it starts with some lyrics from Bethel, the song by Bethel Music called It Is Well. Far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and winds still know his name. It is well with my soul. She goes on to say, sometimes life can really slap you in the face. If I don't watch out, my footing begins to slip. Between the word of God, past experiences, worship, and fellowship with my brothers and sisters, I always manage to be all right. Spurgeon and the good old boys talked a lot about providence or the sovereignty of God. Us modern-day thinkers would do well to pick up the old books and read. Spurgeon brings comforting words to my soul when he says, God has a plan when he begins, and he carries that plan out. He lays the foundation and always finishes the top stone. With the divine being, the whole goes on, and what he has ordained shall be. God moves the wheel, and the wheel goes on, and though a thousand armies stand to stop it, it goes on still. There is no halfway between a mighty God that works all things by the sovereign counsel of his will, and no God at all. A God that cannot do as he pleases, a God whose will is frustrated, is not a God, and cannot be a God. Most of us Americans have to push through pain and grief when it comes, even though the rest of the world tastes these emotions every day. I am thankful the word of God anchors me and I can go beyond the veil. Spurgeon says everything in this world is working for some one great end. Faith does not say that. Faith simply says that the thing must be. Providence says God moves the wheels along and there they are. If anything would go wrong, God puts it right. And if there is anything that would move move awry, he puts his hand and alters it. There is all the difference between fate and providence that there is between a man with good eyes and a blind man. 
Fate is a blind thing. It is the avalanche crushing the village down below and destroying thousands. Providence is not an avalanche. It is a rolling river, rippling at the first like a rill down the sides of the mountain, followed by minor streams, till it rolls in the broad ocean of everlasting love, working for the good of the human race. The doctrine of providence is not that what is must be but that what is works together for for the good of our race and especially for the good of the chosen people of God. The wheels are full of eyes, not blind wheels. Amen. That is awesome. So our lives, when we're surrendered to the Lord, even when we're not, the providence of God prevails. It overcomes our stupidity in the end, if we're called. Thank you, Jesus, that he extended grace to me to be able to see him and to be able to receive him because a dead person cannot bring themselves to life. And I just want to reassure you that if you're listening to this, that God is drawing you. He says, come alive, come alive, come alive and believe, come alive and receive and cry out. It says, when we call upon the name of the Lord, we will be saved. It's not a one-time thing. It's like, God, I need you. Help me. Come, Lord. And he comes, and you live in that position of need and desperation. It says, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. And David said, I am... I was young and now I am old and I have not seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. You have a, a, an inheritance in Jesus that's waiting for you and all you have to do is ask. So I just want to encourage you, seek the Lord and you will find him. It says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask Jesus in your heart. Surrender your life to him. Be done. Be done with the misery. Be done with the regret and the shame. Receive what God gives you in the death and resurrection of his son. And be free and be made whole. God bless you all. I'll be back soon. I am redeemed. I've been set free. And he who the son sets free is free indeed. Now I have hope in the future. I'm a child of God. I'm loved. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I am more than a conqueror by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony.